0: Welcome to a free
1: solution. That is right. It is your lunchtime free solution. Not a free lunch, but some free some free talk, some free opinion. My name is Craig Miles. I'm in for Larry Sharp today. Larry is down in DC with his daughter. Uh, he actually made an appearance on Tim Pool last night. So he's spreading the good word all over the place. He made an appearance on Kennedy last week, trying to spread the word about freedom and and life and happiness and all of those things. So my name is Craig. I'm very happy to be here with you on WYSL and WACK Newark. If you watched the if you saw the 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 posts, right, that uh that teased this broadcast. The title is This is Fine I'm Helping Who Wins When Government Steps In. I'll give you the hint of the decade it's not it's not who they say they're helping it's usually themselves or a friend or even if it's not themselves and they're not benefiting monetarily or in any other way they're benefiting from the feeling that they're doing something the feeling that they're helping it makes them feel good which is why it's so important to see how policies are actually affecting things and not just Do it because it feels good. And if I keep doing it, well, well, my intention was to help these people. So I wrote this law. I enacted these policies to help these people. So it's a good thing by default. I don't need to see what it's actually doing. I don't need to see the effects that it's having. I know my intention was to help. So my point in saying that is, even if it's not malicious, even if they're not trying to take advantage of people, they might still be causing issues and feeling good about it because that is the point they just want to feel good and that's okay if uh, if people have an option to you know not take part in that but unfortunately with government programs sometimes you don't have a choice sometimes you have to take part and even if you don't subscribe to it or you're not directly affected by it the the policies and the things that the government is pushing. They are affecting you, whether you can see it or not. So that's kind of the the opinion of the show today is that whatever they're saying they're doing, the government and other organizations, always question, okay, that's what you're saying. Is that what you're doing? And what are you doing? And what effects is it having on me? And the reason that I picked this topic today is because, oh, my God, What is going on (laughs) every day? It's outrageous news. It's just outrageous. Uh, Truckers getting towed in Canada now. Uh, Did they win? Did they lose? Does Trudeau care? I heard they just voted to extend the emergency powers for him. And that was all a political move because he says, well, I'm going to quit. And people, I I heard Glenn Beck talking about this. You would think people would say, good, quit. You suck. Uh, Well, Apparently, if you're a liberal, so under a parliamentary system, I I don't know enough about this, but this is what I had uh, heard from Glenn Beck. That triggers an election immediately, and the left is not winning currently. People don't feel very good about the the left. So if Trudeau was to quit, uh, that would mean elections, and that would mean the left in Canada would probably lose. So they decided to go with Trudeau to vote with Trudeau to extend these powers because otherwise he says, I'm quitting, I'm going home, you guys deal with it. And they would have gotten slaughtered and they couldn't have that. So even in something as important as emergency powers to decide whether the government can freeze your bank account, it's all political. It's all for the gains of Justin Trudeau or whoever the, well, I don't know what their titles are in parliament whoever that guy is that likes to the point is it's not actually about the issue. It's about, well, what does this issue do for me? How does this affect me? How does it affect my run? How can I get back into power? How can I keep control of the power? And the issue becomes secondary. So the answer usually is they are not helping whatever they claim to do. It's not helping you. It's not helping me. It's helping them. So that's kind of that's kind of how I wanted to start that off. And we've got some specific examples uh, from history and from today. The truckers being one of them. Uh, build Back Better being another. Uh, COVID being a big one. Now, all of a sudden, all of these restrictions that were very important to save us all, they're not quite as important anymore because now I got to get elected. And Larry called this. If you were watching him. Uh, even six months ago. He said, you know, I think we're going to see the end of this. I, I didn't believe him when he said it. He said, I think we're going to see the end of this. You know, it's going to get to be like the middle of the summer and we're going to need to get out of these so that people feel good so that they can get reelected. And I, I think you'll see. I thought it was just going to go on forever. Larry was right. Now the science is changing. Now policies are changing. Now we're, now we're going to get out of the pandemic because... It was no longer politically feasible to keep stomping people's necks into the ground. And that is what I've always talked about is the tail wags the dog. The tail wags the dog. Ultimately, it took us two years to get fed up with it. We're fed up with it. The political ruling class is acknowledging that finally. And they're trying to backpedal and give us what they should have never taken away from us in the first place. Uh, Got some comments going on here. David Davis, he says, I have a feeling he'll extend it another 30 days and keep doing so until Canadians get used to it. And David brings up a great point, which is there's never something so permanent as a temporary government program. I think it was Reagan that said that. You see it with the masks. Three years ago, four years ago, you saw a guy with a mask, you'd say, okay, you'd say one of two things. What is... What's wrong with him? And oh, oh, well, maybe, maybe he's got you know, maybe he's got some issues. Maybe he's sick. Now it's just accepted. I gotta wear my mask, and that's that's what I do to make others feel better. It doesn't really matter whether they work or not. It's part of it's part of the uh, part of the costume that I put on to exist in society. It's become the norm for a certain segment. So I think he's right. A lot of these policies that are enacted uh, for 15 days to flatten the curve. They end up being permanent and accepted, and that's how we've gotten to where we've gotten. That's how we've gone from tarring and feathering tyrants to turning on CNN every day and seeing what the t- uh, seeing what the tyrants tell us to do for the day. It's by little incremental steps like that. It's by programs introduced every year, every month, every week that claim to do something or are done to to fix something, and then. It has shown that it didn't affect it the way that it was supposed to. And they say, well, it's a program. It was intended to do this. So we're going to keep doing it. it. It's completely divorced from the actual things that it is trying to accomplish, which you see with the drug war, which I talked about last week. How many people are dying of overdoses now? What was the crack explosion in the 80s? Now it's the uh, now it's the heroin epidemic and fentanyl. It's just a new it's just a new thing. We've been fighting the war on drugs actually since prohibition ended. All of the people that were fighting for the government for prohibition we decided, well, you know, I guess people are just going to they're going to drink alcohol no matter what and we kind of messed everything up with this whole prohibition thing and it's 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 created organized crime and it hasn't really been like a great thing for us. So maybe maybe we'll stop that. Well, the problem is you had a lot of people now who are a part of that system a part of that uh that enforcement wing of the government that was created to fight revenueers or I'm sorry they were the revenueers created to fight the people selling the alcohol now i've got a lot of people that rely on that for their job for their sense of purpose for their well-being if i all of a sudden make alcohol legal well <laughs> those people are out of a job they're out of a purpose But if I say, you know what? We got this reefer madness thing going on. It's really bad. People smoke this stuff and they go and they commit murders and it's horrible. And that's the next thing that we got to attack. Now, all the people that were chasing people for alcohol crimes, now I can go and I can chase people for marijuana crimes. And then then you get further in. And Nixon, he hates the hippies and he hates the uh, African-Americans. I shouldn't say hates. He finds it. Politically expedient to try to silence these people with whatever means he can can use. And that so happens to be this gigantic enforcement arm of uh, the DEA and things like that. So let's let's sick him on all those pot smoking hippies. OK, uh, just say no with Nancy Reagan and with Ronald Reagan. Just say no, just don't do drugs. Simple. Meanwhile, I'm going to fund. Things like the Iran-Contra scandal, and I'm gonna fund uh, uh, cocaine in, in, um, in the West Coast, in LA, and I'm gonna create this gigantic boom because people need jobs and they need a purpose, and it's actually a self-fulfilling prophecy because as I make things worse, I've got more of a job to try to clean up the thing that I made worse, so it's great. It's good for business, and, and we get caught in a cycle the wheel just keeps grinding and grinding and grinding and we don't check in and we don't ask and we don't hold the policies accountable for the effects that they're actually having and that is what is important that is what a third party is supposed to do that is what people like Joe Rogan are supposed to do people like this uh you know places like the station trying to spread the word and that's what we're trying to do We'll be back after the break. W-A-C-K-W-Y-S-L, A Free Solution.
2: A free solution. You on drugs? Drugs?
0: No. I don't take drugs.
2: I don't like your attitude.
0: What else is no?
2: I'm holding you in contempt of court. It's oh, a surprise.
1: <laughs> great film there, My Cousin Vinny. The great Joe Pesci. I am a big fan of that guy. We were talking about drugs at the beginning of the, well, I'm sorry, the, the end of the last segment. We're going to start with drugs again talking about them not doing them the war on drugs is just one of the examples of all of the failed policies over the years of the federal government in concert with the state government and local governments because it all trickles down trickles down and trickle down economics whatever you say about whether it actually works uh, in the sense of money always works in the sense of federal government because of money because all the funds trickle down through the, the stratospheres of the governments, state, local, county. The feds say, do this, or we take your funding. And we say, okay, we will. We will prosecute, we will prosecute drug offenders so hard, and we're going to end all the drugs, and it's going to be great. Because that time that we did that back in the 20s, it worked really well to get rid of alcohol. Uh, so we'll do it again, and it'll be great, and it's going to be wonderful. By the way, if you want to call and talk to me, tell me whether I'm wrong or right or uh, talk about anything. Uh, give us a call at the station. WYSL 346 uh is the name or is the number. So we'd love to hear from you. The war on drugs. Is just one of the examples. Another example is the New Deal. That thing that we learned in school was so great. It saved us. It said... You know what? We fall on hard times, but Uncle Franklin, Uncle Frankie's got your back. He's going to come and he's going to fill out, you know, all of these new deals for you. You're going to get a house. You're going to get paid. Everything's going to be better. That's the story that we're told. the, uh, The first part of that story is that all of those evil free market businessmen crashed the economy and we had to ride in and save it. Turns out that's not the story at all. Surprise. <laughs> once you become, so this is this is not just specific to libertarians, but once you become, I use woke all the time, but I don't use it in the sense that it's actually used in. I, I'm trying to take back the word. Once you wake up to the situation that you find yourself in, as far as, uh, the government relates to its citizens once you see what they're doing it's very easy to guess how other things are going you know you, you still don't have proof maybe but you can say i've seen this before <laughs> this this kind of looks like something i'm familiar so my moment came with edward snowden when he spoke with brian williams uh before brian williams was found to have been telling uh War stories that weren't true and about bodies floating in New Orleans. That's a different story. Uh, so before he went down in the Blaze of Glory, he interviewed Edward Snowden, and I saw for the first time Howard well, maybe not the first time. This one it really hit me. The lengths that the government will go to to, to 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 do evil, I guess you could say. Maybe that's not their intention. And sometimes it is, depending on the person. But that was really my first wake-up call. And after that, you can't go back to sleep. So every day of my life since then, I have spent <laughs> learning that all of the things that I learned in public school have been tainted by their association with the government. So the story that we learned about the Great Depression, that was a, that was a little sidestep, but we'll get back to the, back to the real point. Which is the stories that we're told are very important to forming our outlook on the world. And our children spend a lot of time learning a lot of stories in public schools that are unfortunately, if not fully, at least partially fabricated. And that's the case with the New Deal, with the stock market crash, with the Great Depression. Depressions and recessions and contractions are all part of an economy they're all part of life this is the other thing that kind of informs the way that I look at government or cycles Everything is cyclical everything is cyclical the seasons are cyclical the uh, cyclical the temperatures are cyclical your mood is cyclical it's peaks and valleys it's ups and downs and why would it be any different with the economy? it's not it's no different. You're gonna have times of prosperity, and you're gonna have times of the opposite of that—despair, <laughs> sadness. Uh, maybe not quite that extreme, but the point is, there's always going to be fluctuations. It's always going to go up and down. And the Fed—the reason they told you the Federal Reserve was founded was to stop that. It was to we, we'll never have another. We'll never we. We're gonna control it. We're gonna make sure that we reduce those fluctuations. Well. Federal Reserve is founded in 1913. Uh, federal income tax comes along. They start taking all of our money, and within 15 years, they have the economy in the dumpster. And they say this is the free market's fault. It wasn't. Surprise, surprise. I learned this literally today. I. This is the other thing: is the learning always goes? It keeps goes. It keeps going. You never stop learning about all of the things that you thought were real and how they're not. So I always thought that Hoover was a big free market guy. Thought he was a great guy. Loved the free markets. Uh, turns out, because that's the story, right? Hoover, Hoover was a free market guy, laissez-faire, hands off. The economy crashed. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt came in and he saved us all. Brought us out of the Depression. And the government was was great. So I knew, I knew that half of the story was nonsense. I just learned today... About the first half of the story, also, well, I learned more about it being, I knew the whole story was a fabrication. Hoover implemented all sorts of social reforms while he was president. He did wage controls. He uh, did the the Smoot, Holly, I think is the name of the tariffs. Basically, he increased, he like doubled the the percentage of the tariffs uh, of incoming goods but not as a percentage, as a number, right? Uh, $4 on this barrel of fish or whatever. So when the market did crash and fish now only cost $2, (laughs) it was still a $4. It was literally 200% tax because it didn't come down as a percentage. It was still the same number. That's, That's besides the point. The point is Hoover had his fingers in all sorts of things trying to distort the market, and that ended up crashing a bunch of industry because now I had to pay more for my wool goods. I had to pay more to build things. So now these industries go under now, everybody's unemployed. Uh, so I try to, I try to create price. Uh, you know, I try to fix prices of labor. I, I try to fix all of these things instead of just stopping the thing that caused it. And now the economy takes a dump. And before it did Franklin Roosevelt, he ran as the we-gotta-get-government-out-of-the-free-market the guy. I've got an excerpt here from the from the book that I'm reading that told me all of this, which is Great Myths of the Great Depression. It's by Lawrence Reed. And it says, Franklin Delano Roosevelt won the 1932 presidential election in a landslide, collecting 472 electoral votes to just 59 for Herbert Hoover. The platform of the Democrat... Party, whose ticket Roosevelt headed, declared, we believe that a party platform is a covenant with the people to be faithfully kept by the party entrusted with power. It called for a 25% reduction in federal spending, a balanced federal budget, a sound gold currency to be preserved at all hazards. The removal of government from areas that belonged more appropriately to private enterprise and an end to the extravagance of Hoover, uh, Hoover's farm programs. So that was another way that he was controlling things. He had, he messed up all of the ag markets. So then he had to give, he had to give uh, welfare essentially to farmers. This is Franklin Delano Roosevelt saying these things. We got to get the big government. It's too big. We got to reduce spending. He said, this is what's going to help. I'm helping. This is what I'm going to do to help. I'm going to get rid of all of these socialist programs. And America's going to be better. That's what he said when he was running. Um the economy takes a dump. He gets into he gets into office and what does he do? He multiplies all of those programs by a hundredfold and then says this is the answer. This is how I'm going to help because it became politically expedient. He changed the story. 6 months before, he was saying socialism sucks. We got to have gold. Preserved at all hazards. Well, it turns out (laughs) he made it illegal to possess gold. He took us out of the gold standard. He said, if you have gold, you can give it to us. Willingly. And we'll pay you for it. Or we're going to come and take it and throw you in jail. So choice is yours. And he had to do that because he wanted to inflate the currency. But he couldn't inflate it if it was still tied to gold. So he had to come and grab those. So he stole a bunch of money because the worth of the dollar declined by like 30%. He literally stole 30% of the value of that dollar and he was helping we're going to find more ways that the government helps us because we know they just care and everything is fine it is a free solution my name is craig miles thank you so much for joining me on WISL w a c k in for larry sharp today some of your questions and your comments after the break
0: ISL store is now open, and your car's crying for an official voice of liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, liberty, and the Constitution. Here are just a few available right now. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Hochul. No more masking. Open the freaking schools. Scam alert, January sixth. No vax mandates. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. Support the Second Amendment, and your mask doesn't protect squat. But there's more. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers. Guaranteed guaranteed. Guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware, and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover you know. Be sure to check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worst Morris shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Be free, make a statement. Shop the WISL store at WISL1040.com. A free solution.
1: Again on a free solution. My name is Craig Miles. In for Larry Sharp today because he is doing campaign things down in our national uh, nation's capital, Washington, DC. We are on W Y S L W A C K Newark. You should give me a call, five eight five three four six three thousand. Glad to be here with you. Got a few comments um in the in the chat here. John Barnett asks, Would inflation be a thing? If we never got off the gold standard, I'm not a very smart man, but reading MMT sounds like grown adults explaining how Santa sleigh fills with reindeer power. So, John, to answer your question, I also maybe I'm not as smart as some people are. I know I'm not, as a matter of fact. And that is the mark of someone who is not trying to be a politician because they'll tell you they're the smartest guy. Trudeau, he's very smart uh Joe Biden also very smart very smart people the way that the gold standard works is it ties it to something that is real so it's a lot easier to mess with it because if the government now says well i got a billion dollars you say no you don't you only have you know a half a billion in gold reserves and and there's something tangible there to point to so when i get a, when i get away from that Now the government says I have a billion dollars and you say, "Okay, well, show me why they say, well, because I said so. So you you ask if inflation would be a thing. Inflation would still be a thing. Um, And I'm not an economist, uh, but you don't you don't get away without inflation. That's how it works. And then you have inflation and deflation. And it's all part of the cycle that I was talking about before. So anything that aims to to stop the cycle, to flatten it, is not going to work. Because I saw it explained this way once. It's a balloon. And you squeeze it, and when you squeeze the balloon, it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't change the mass or I'm sorry, it doesn't change the volume of the air in the balloon. It just sends it somewhere else. So if you're trying to artificially mess with the economy and you squeeze it in one section, and this is true with anything, if you're trying to achieve something with a policy and you squeeze the drug dealers or you squeeze the people doing drugs. Now, all of a sudden something gives somewhere else. This is why central centralized control doesn't work how people think it will work because there's always the unforeseen circumstances. There's always consequences to the actions that you didn't intend on. And We choose to ignore those sometimes. Well, well, we intended to do this, so therefore it's good. Okay. Are you going to stop it now that you know that it's not good? Well, no, we're not. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Why? Why aren't you weighing in and checking in? And the answer is because I built this thing now that I can't stop. And it just grinds on. And it's good for me if it grinds on. So... That, that that is to answer your question, hopefully, or at least give you what I think about it. Uh, John Barnett also says Reagan was a tyrant. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> I think I think anyone that uh, has been president has had a tyrannical streak because they're literally telling you what to do all the time, right? And it's up to you to decide whether you listen or not. And if you don't listen well enough, well, they have ways. They have ways of doing those things. So the uh, the comment here in response to the smart people comment that I made, didn't you know that liberal politicians that went to an Ivy League school are the smartest people around? This gets to the crux of identity politics and believe the experts and by by the virtue of you being really smart or having a lot of papers on your walls, or or being the right color or the right uh, you know, the right sex or any of those things are an aspect of a complex person. And these people are near, neither heroes nor abs, nor absolute villains. And they uh, they exist as people outside of these labels that we put on them. And you should not believe someone simply because they're the right color or they are the right sex or they have the right degrees. You should believe them when the things that they say make sense. It's the appeal to authority sort of a thing. And you should always consider the source and you should not blindly follow. Keith is calling in from Rochester. He's got an opinion on this, I'm sure. How are you, Keith?
3: Actually, I have a uh, question for you that I've asked other people over the years, and I'd like your input. Uh, there's yes. An old, there's an old maxim that says, never bet against America. That being the case, and without me being naive and foolish, why in 1935 did the government set up Social Security so that people today receive those small, puny checks? Why did they not set, set up individual retirement accounts tied right to the Dow Jones. Even in the mid-30s, right during the heart of the Great Depression, uh, everyone loosely should have known that we were going to come out of it, and if they had tied individual retirement accounts to the Dow Jones, people today would be getting fantastic returns instead of those smaller uh, Social Security checks. Uh, The best uh, feedback I could get back is that In the Depression days, people were so poor, uh, they were too poor to have to wait for the uh, individual accounts tied to the Dow to kick in. And it was just simpler, to the government being that, the government to hand out free Social Security checks. But if they had uh, really mandated individual retirement accounts uh, that would have gone up with the uh, growing Dow Jones Index, uh, the Dow today is in its mid-30,000s. Uh, what a fantastic growth that would have been for all uh, recipients if uh, their retirement accounts had been tied to the growing Dow Index. And I'd like to uh, have your answer why the government in 1935 did not do the right thing for all Americans, especially those going into retirement. If they had t- tied it to the Dow Index, people today would be getting much higher returns than those would be smaller Social Security checks.
1: Yeah, I think I think. Um, well, you bring up a few issues here. Why didn't they do it? Well, because if I tie it to a government, or if I tie it to an entity outside of the government, now I don't control it. Now I don't get to take. Uh, I don't get to take the credit, right? I can't say, "Well, I sent you my Trump check," or "I sent you my Joe Biden bucks." Uh, you you say, "Well, Wall Street gave you some money." Well, I can't take. I can't take credit for that. Also, I think there's a little bit of uh, hindsight's 2020 20 on this. Nobody knew we were going to get out of the depression because you had people telling them, well, the only way to get out is to follow me. And everybody said, OK, uh, your point about farmers, too, or people in the rural areas. I don't I don't care about my IRA in 50 years. I don't. My, my kids can't eat. I need help now. So it's kind of an instantaneous thing, instant gratification, instant results. I get to take responsibility for it. You said you opened that with never bet against America. There's a similar one in the uh, finance, the financial industry that says never fight the Fed. And if you want to know why inflation is such a problem and you want to know why the Federal Reserve funny money is such a problem, it's because... These people don't make investments based on necessarily. They don't necessarily make investments based on what the best company is or what this is. They sit and they watch Federal Reserve policy and they say the Fed is about to sink a trillion dollars into this thing. Might as well ride the train. Might as well ride the train. And that is that is what the banks do. That is what investment banks do. That is what hedge funds do. They look at the, and that's why Alan Greenspan or whoever the current Fed chair is, that's why when they get up there, people listen and why they have so much control. Because if I'm a banker and I see the Fed's about to invest in this or the Fed isn't going to invest in this, what am I going to invest in? Because I know they control it. I know that they control the amount of the money. So I might as well ride along. And I think that's. I don't know to what extent that was going on in the 30s. But to answer your question is they needed immediate results. I think that that was probably why they went with that, because if I send a check or if I put you on welfare, I can show I actually did something. If I say, hey, this imaginary stock market thing that you probably don't really care about is going to give you a lot of money in 50 years, uh, I'm going to say I don't care. I need a chicken right now to eat because I weigh 50 pounds. So I think that's probably what, what the situation was there. It worked well for the government because they said, we saved you, and it worked well for people because they were able to purchase things or they were able to have the things that they needed. The problem is that it it, it extended it. the The recession took years, years more than it should have. The depression took years more than it should have to get out of because the government was playing uh, Central Planner, trying to manipulate things, that if they had let them run their course, then we would have we would have been out of it much sooner.
3: Exactly correct. In closing, it took actual World War II, us going in after we were hit at Pearl, to fully bring us out of the Depression. There were times it looked like we were coming out, but it took uh, the, the ramping up of us as the arsenal of democracy, the United States, hopefully people... Uh, remember that we were back then we made things in america we became the arsenal of democracy for the free world and i wish we had that today uh... if we go to war today we're going to have to basically uh... count on our enemies to provide us with the weapons to defend ourselves and my very final thought how sad for all americans uh... To have to realize that whereas we used to manufacture things today we are just one big service sector And in a true calamity, that will not serve us well. And I'm very concerned about our country's future in that regard.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you, Keith. I think it is a problem that we have put so much control of the things in our lives into outside institutions, whether that's uh, federal in D.C. or whether that's China that makes all of our goods or whether that's the Russian oil or uh, this is a big problem for farmers right now, fertilizer costs are through the roof and just so happens that russia makes a lot of our fertilizer and we're about to go to war with them is that going to be good for farmers probably not so i agree with you keith i think we need to recultivate a uh uh society here that can rely on itself and make america first right to quote trump We'll talk more about that when we come back after the break on WYSL, A Free Solution, W-A-C-K Newark. My name is Craig Miles. Thank you for listening.
2: a free solution welcome
1: back craig miles with you on a free solution on wysl and wack in newark you can call in and yell at me or commiserate with me 585-346-3000 thank you to keith for the call and if there's anyone else there listening please call in and discuss i have a couple comments here uh Trump ain't a friend to the two A, like he said. So I'll pass on Trump, says uh, logic. And I think that might have been in response to America First, the America First comment that I made. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take this. And uh, logic also made a comment in here about um I'm I'm sorry I'm digging through here. Wow, there's a lot of discussion going on here. I can't find it, but I remember I remember the gist of it. Uh, it was. Basically, about it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. A lot of people with a lot of degrees are dumb as a box of rocks, uh, and that uh, "box of rocks" comment was a direct quote from Logic. <laughs> but I want to, I want to, I want to put those two together and talk about how, again, considering the source is important, and ideas are just as important. So I can agree with Trump when he says America first. As an idea, maybe some of the ways that he wanted to make that happen were a little cringe. <laughs> uh, I, sound, I sound weird saying that. I am I am not a Gen Zer. I should not be using that word. So maybe some of the ways that he thought he could do it were not great. But as a general sentiment, I can say, yes, if you're an American and you live in America, then America, th- uh, America first is a good message. I can also say all those uh, all those pointy-headed liberals that don't know anything down in D.C. with all the degrees, uh, maybe they have some ideas sometimes that are worth listening to. My point is, it's not mu- uh, mutually exclusive. The kind of a person is the kind of a person a person is, and their ideas. Sometimes bad people have good ideas. Sometimes good people have terrible ideas, and we should never take the. Uh, we should never just take one facet of an individual and make them that make them a cartoon because we could be missing out on learning something at the same time, we should not be making people into heroes because we could blindly follow them into some really into some really terrible places and uh, get behind some really terrible ideas. So that's, that's what I got to say about that. Uh, Logic says, yep, perfectly quoted. Uh, so apparently I got most of the feeling that he had. So what do we do about this? It's all about parallel structures. It's all about, to get back to what Keith was saying, we've got to start relying on ourselves again. And Logic brought this up. He said, the more that people rely on themselves, the less they rely on the government. So why would the government want to promote that? And I think he's got his finger right on the issue there. So that is the way that we fight this. We make it so that, it's difficult for the government to control you, and you do that by being free, by exercising your freedom. Unfortunately, they're going to push back. You saw it with the truckers in Ottawa. They, and now they're escalating it even further with the freezing of the bank accounts and anyone who even thinks wrong about the truckers. Now we're going to freeze your bank account. And this is why the Fed is evil. This is why big banks and big business and all of these institutions, these big institutions that control everything that are able to just shut your life off, that is not good. So you need to build a build a life outside of these institutions somehow, whether that's cryptocurrency, whether that's becoming more local, uh, whether that's learning how to grow your own food, you have to start to realize that either this system is going to collapse or it's just going to become so burdensome to operate within it that you have to figure out how to operate outside of it, and that's difficult. I I can't I can't be self sufficient. I there are things that I can do. I can grow I can grow food. Um, I hunt. You know, I I try to learn as much as I can about self reliance, but that was never how humans survived. We always we always relied on each other. And so you can't totally become a hermit and just live out in the woods. I mean, not everybody can do that. There's a few individuals that thrive at that. So you need to be small enough where you guys can band together and, and, uh, you know, trust each other and do things to help one another. And you have to be able to do all of that outside of the influence of of the state or the federal government or anything like that. So I'm going to end this, this, uh, this show with the way that I end it always, which is make friends, always be listening, try to understand, try to learn and try to see when anyone is selling you something, <laughs> try to see where they're coming from. Maybe it's not where they say they're coming from. And watch, what effects are they having? And if it's not for you, say it's not for me. No, thank you. And that can be tough. That can be tough because you might get ostracized. But in the end, the tail does wag the dog. And mandates are coming down. Uh, Trudeau's still up there fighting with the truckers, but they got rid of the mandates, at least a few of them. So if you don't push back, and you don't build build parallel structures. You'll never get anywhere. So always do it. And always fight for that. And try. Because you never know what might happen. They can't control everybody. They can't dangle carrots in front of everybody. They can squeeze the balloon. Right? They can squeeze it in one section. But then it inflates over here. and And things happen over here. And you run around trying to clean up messes all the time. And eventually it collapses on itself. So build yourself a circle of friends, a community, help one another, and get ready for when that system collapses on itself because you won't even notice eventually. You'll say, you know what? That has nothing to do with me. And that is a free solution. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm back tomorrow in for Kevin Wilson on a free solution. Thanks so much for listening.